So I uh, started uh, recently started watching a TV program called Faker Fortune. Has anybody heard of, heard of that? Watched it? So basically, what it is, people who've got works of art bring it to the program, and they really want to. There's some uncertainty over whether they're authentic or not. So the program is about they go through a process of trying to determine whether it's this work of art is actually authentic or not. There's two main um, presenters, Fiona Bruce and a guy called Philip Mould, who's a, an art expert. So basically, together, they kind of journey through. They sometimes they travel all, all over the world, just kind of investigating to see whether these works of art are actually authentic or not. And the idea is they collect enough evidence, and at the end of the program, they present it to the relevant authorities for them to decide, you know, is it fake or um, genuine or not. In this particular episode that I'm going to talk about, it was about an 18th century landscape painting. And it was thought to be painted by a British landscape painter called Thomas Gainsborough. Um, and this particular painting had been in this family. A guy called Mark Cropper had been in his family for generations. And up until the early 1970s, they thought it was genuine, but it actually went, he put it for evaluation and it got downgraded to a Barker of Bath. In other words, it was a fake. So his dad at the time, who, who it was his painting, ripped off the Gainsborough label. But anyway, Mark was hoping through this program to, you know, to determine whether or not it was actually, you know, if it was genuine. And I think the issue is there's quite a lot of copies of this particular landscape in existence. So, you know, that's so the point of the program. They were just trying to find out whether this Gainsborough was fake or was it genuine. So Fiona, she basically, they just set off. They go travel around the world. They go to various museums. You know, they do a lot of investigation. Everything pointed to this painting being genuine. Just to, make, to be absolutely sure, they took it to the Courtauld Institute and they checked it out using infrared and x-ray techniques. And what they found, they found something they weren't actually expecting. You know, it wasn't actually a Gainsborough. And the reason they knew that was because there was another painting underneath the, the, the pa painting by another artist. So the Gainsborough had been painted over somebody else's uh, painting. So what we had here was a painting basically masquerading as a Gainsborough. And so it had been skillfully painted by Barker of Bath. And to, to the untrained eye, it looked genuine enough. But obviously by spending time looking into it, into its authenticity, they found it to be a fake. And I, I kind of think there's a bit of a message in that for us as, as uh Christians, there's something that we can learn, there's something we can take from that, and I think what it is is that we shouldn't always just take things on face value. I think we need to be, we need to discern of things, you know, especially things that are influencing our lives. We need to kind of discern where it's coming from, and that's really the kind of theme of my talk. Um, so, sort of things I'm thinking about is, you know, stuff that we read. You know, we read articles on faith and Christian living, stuff that we listen 
online podcasts, even sermons online. We need to, you know, be sure that what what we're listening to, what we're receiving, is from God. Because if it's like this Gainsborough, and it's fake, it's not from God, you know, we're potentially allowing stuff to influence our lives, which could be harmful for ourselves, you know. So, And it could potentially take us off course and away from Jesus. And not only that, it's not actually just the stuff that we kind of read and see online. It could actually be, potentially, it could be other folks around us, stuff that are speaking over us. Just generally, you know, the influence that people are having on us. We need to be sure that it's of God. So my question for us this morning is, you know, how do we know the things and the people that are influencing us are from God? How do we discern God's truth in all of this? Or, as my title suggests, how do we find the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So, so we're uh, continuing in our series of, of uh, Weak But Strong. So this, but the, this morning we're reading through 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 1-15. to 15. And does anybody need a Bible? Okay, okay. Right, so 2 Corinthians is in the New Testament, so it's at the back of the Bible. Um, and what we're going to see in this passage, basically Paul is raising the topic of, on false teaching. And, you know, he's doing this to make the Corinthians think about what is truth, what is fake, and who they're listening to. And that's what I want us to kind of think about this morning. Again, it's just what are the influences on us? How do we get the, is it God's truth or not? So we'll start off. So it's, um, so the title of this section in the Bible is Paul and the False Apostles. So we'll read from verse 1. And here's what it says. I hope you will put up with me in a little foolishness. Yes, please put up with me. I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, to Christ, so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it easily enough. I do not think I am in the least inferior to those super apostles. I may indeed be untrained as a speaker, but I do have knowledge. We have made this perfectly clear to you in every way. And then we'll get a jump on to verse 10. And verse 10 starts with, As surely as the truth of Christ in me, nobody in the regions of Achaia will stop this boasting of mine. Why? Because I do not love you. God knows I do. And I will keep on doing what I'm doing in order to cut the ground from under those who want an opportunity to be considered equal with us in the things they boast about. For such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, 
masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It's not surprising then if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. Their end will be what their actions deserve. I love a bit of DIY, and I love gadgets that make life easier. And one of my most recent acquisitions is a plumb line. And for those in the know, a plumb line is a piece of cord with a weight on one end. And when you dangle it, and it's allowed, you know, allowed to dangle, an exact vertical can be determined. Painters and joiners use them to just basically keep the work straight. I think it's, in, it's difficult when you're in the middle of a project to actually determine what's horizontal and what's vertical. But something like a plumb line helps you, you know. And this is, you know, this is where the trusty plumb line comes in. Basically, it applies the law of gravity, and you get the most direct route from top to bottom. Keep things plumb. And it doesn't change or move with the whims of the joiner. It remains true, and all work must line up with it or risk being squint or out of alignment. And it just so happens I've got one here, and I'm looking for a volunteer to come up, check a few things for me using this plumb line. Jonathan. So I'm pretty, sh I'm not convinced the uh, screen's been put up. So let's have a look. <laughs> Give that a go. See what we see. See what we see. What do you think? Plum? Yeah. I think so. Right. Try the pop-up banner. Yeah, I think that looks looks pretty good to me. So, you're probably thinking, what on earth is this all about? Why, how does a plumb line help us determine what's God's truth? <laughs> Later. You can, well, yeah, how does, a, how does a plumb line help us determine God's truth? And, you know, things that we read, what people are saying to us. Well, Scripture is our plumb line. Basically this. You know, this, God's word is a plumb line, which we determine what's right and wrong, fake or genuine, what's from God and what's not from God. And in John chapter 17, verse 17, Jesus says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. So just as a plumb, uh, a joiner's plumb line is not subject to the um, opinions or the frustration of the worker, so God's word is not subject to the opinions of man. Wise people are those who line up their lives according to God's plumb line, rather than trying to move it to satisfy their own agenda. A few years ago, Brenda and I visited um, Chateau Haro, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, country park near Hamilton. And in the park, there's a hunting lodge which is open to the public, and it had been beautifully restored. 
Georgian uh, ceiling plaster, wood carvings in the room. But the thing I remember most about the visit was I, actually, I felt really sick when I walked around the rooms in the building. And I couldn't really figure it out at first. You know, everything looked normal. The walls were straight enough, the ceilings horizontal. But it turned out at some point in the past, there'd been subsidence and the, the floors were actually all sloping off, off at an angle. So when you, as soon as you started walking in it, you felt disorientated and sick. In fact, most people actually ended up holding onto the walls as they walked around the rooms with preventing from falling over. And I think, again, and I, I just want to go back, the Bible is our plumb line, and that helps us to navigate through life without feeling disorientated and falling over. It's our point of reference. When we feel unsure about what we're listening to or what we're reading, it's what we use when we determine what is from God and what is not. And if you think back to the time when um, Paul wrote to the, the, Corinth, the Corinthians, people they didn't have access to the Bible like what we do today. There was no such thing as Bible apps or BibleGateway.com. You know, I think the teachings of Jesus were basically passed on by word of mouth because the Gospels at that time hadn't been fully written. And churches that, like Corinth basically relied on travelling preachers and Paul. And very little was actually from first-hand account of Jesus. So when you think about that, you know, there's the potential for messages to get distorted when passed on, or even worse, get deliberately distorted. And, uh, and this is exactly what Paul is referencing to in the passage we're looking at. False apostles, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ, deliberately teaching a false gospel. You know, we, we've got easy access to the word of God, so we can test and confirm what we're hearing. You know, we can look for the evidence to back up what's being said. So, again, I'm just going to ask a question. Does what we're reading, what we're hearing what we're watching, does it align with scripture? Because if it, if it doesn't, then it's not from God. You know, the age that we live in, everybody's got, everyone's got an opinion. Everyone's an expert. And with social media, it's so easy for anyone to post their views and thoughts in a public domain. You know, there's so many influences out there. We really need to be careful and discern what is God's truth and what is not from God? What is real and what is counterfeit? You know, it's so easy to get information nowadays, but it's difficult to get to the truth. And I think it's a bit like we're drowning in information, but we're thirsting for the truth. You know, we don't, it's such a crazy time. We just don't know who to trust anymore. You don't know if it's real, you don't know if it's fake. But the one place we know where you can find truth, and that's in the Bible. Scripture is our plumb line. And it says in Psalm 119, verse 105, it tells us God's word is a lamp for our feet, a light on our path. And that's what stops us from being taken off course and away from Jesus. So that's my first point. 
So if we're finding the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, Scripture is our plumb line. A good few years ago, I remember being in a church service where a guest preacher from another church was talking. And during the talk, he spoke about how Jesus was man, but not God. And I can remember thinking, that doesn't sound right to me. Um, that's not what it says in the Bible. And I was thinking back, well, right at the, right at the start of John, chapter 1, where it says, the in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, and the Word was God. And then later in verse 14, it says, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. In other words, the Son of God took on a fully human nature, but was fully God. Now, the reason I'm mentioning this is someone from the nation stood up and spoke out against what was being preached. Uh, they challenged it by quoting John chapter 1. But I've never seen that, I'd never seen that done before, and I've never seen it done since. You know, the, th the thing is, I sat there and knew what was, I was hearing was wrong, you know, but I didn't really feel, I didn't feel that I was able to intervene or to challenge. And I'm sure we've all been in that situation where we've seen things or heard things, we knew it wasn't right, but we never spoke up, we just let it go. And I think some often we're just too accepting, too accepting of what's being said. And in the message version of this passage, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 4, puts it this way. It seems that if someone shows up preaching quite another Jesus than we preached, different spirit, different message, you put up with them quite nicely. Or in the NIV version, it's at the end of that verse, you put up with it easily enough. So I think for us, we just we just need to weigh up everything we hear and ensure it rests firmly in Scripture. And if it's not, let's not just put up with it easily enough. So I was thinking, you know, that kind of scenario for new Christians, it could be quite detrimental, even quite damaging, you know, because they'll just take it as truth. You know, because it's been said by a preacher. You know, I think standing up here and preaching gives a level of authority in what's been said. And this is, I think, again, this is what Paul is speaking about in his letter. And when I'm preparing for my talks on a Sunday morning, my biggest concern is that I convey God's message correctly and that I'm not distorting Scripture. You know, I'm, a, I'm so aware that I need to handle scripture with reverence and care. Just, you know, ensuring the essence of what is written is being conveyed in what I say. And I remember at a previous church I was at, the minister would say these words from Psalm 19, verse 14, before every time she preached, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, Lord, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And that's something I personally pray throughout my preparations for my talks. So, um, right, who here has got Facebook? It's 
actually about a 50-50 split. I always equate Facebook to someone like Marmite. You either love it or loathe it. I personally am not a, a keen uh, Facebook person. But um, anyway, the, what I was just going to talk a bit about Brenda, maybe you've been in a situation, but Brenda has been in an unfortunate position. She's had a social media profile faked twice in the past month. And I, you know, I think this is quite a common thing that's happening nowadays. So basically, somebody copies your profile, copies your pictures, and starts pretend, pretending to be you. And then next thing that happens is they actually start sending friend requests as though it's from you. And it looks legitimate. So the interesting thing is some of Brenda's friends just accepted without even thinking about it. And then some folks didn't, and then they basically got in contact with Brenda saying, and your profile has been copied. And then those who did accept started receiving messages about a charity that Brenda was financially supporting. I was looking for others to support that charity. At that point, I think people then thought, right, there's something quite right here. Something didn't add up. They started to question its whole authenticity. I think they were able to discern what was really happening just by looking a bit into it and a bit more, looking for more, more of the evidence unseen. So I think, you know, so one of the things I think that comes out of this passage is about discernment. I think, you know, if, if you think back in the Corinth church, there's these preachers coming up, saying, giving a message, but you really need to discern. There's a bit of discernment in there. You need to discern what is truth and what's not. So discernment is really about the ability to judge people and things well, being perceptive, being able to see into things and recognize when things are not right. Basically, be able to see beneath the surface. And I think, you know, when it comes to Christian teaching, whether it's from God, the Bible is very clear. And in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether, whether they're from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. I think for us, we need to have spiritual insight so we can make good spiritual judgments. And I think Paul in this passage is reminding us that the enemy's tactics is to deceive us. So we need to be wise. We need to be wise to it. You know, in verse 3, he makes reference to the devil in the Garden of Eden when he, when he deceived Eve. You know, the devil is good at dressing things up as truth. So... What Paul is telling the Corinthians in this passage is that they've allowed servants of the enemy to get into their church and to masquerade as false apostles of Christ and teach a false gospel. And Paul is saying, you know, I don't want you to be deceived and go off course. There's something bigger happening here. Something happening under the surface, something that you're not seeing, but you need to see it for your own good. And then Paul then goes on to talk about these false apostles as super apostles. And then in verse 6 he says, 
he might be untrained as a speaker, but he does have knowledge of God that is true, powerful, and God-given. And the way I read into that, I think he's almost saying that these super apostles could put on a good performance, put on a good show, but there was no substance or truth in what they were saying. So again, I think for us, the message for us is don't allow ourselves to be fooled by a good performance. You know, we need to look beyond the glossy surface and examine what's been said for ourselves to confirm there is truth in what's been said. And we do this by by looking for the evidence unseen. And Jesus also says that, you know, false teachers can be discerned not just by their words, but by their actions. Because he says that you you will know them by their fruits. As the fruits, you know, fruits of the Spirit evident in their lifestyle, you know. So, but, you know, Paul's letters mainly, his, his main focus is on the preacher. But I kind of think it doesn't necessarily have to be the preacher. It could just be as easily as be something that another Christian is telling us. Or what we're listening to or watching to watching on the internet. We just need to be wise to it. But the good thing is that God has provided us with a solution to this. You know, the remedy to this deception is spiritual discernment. And the Holy Spirit he gives the gift of discernment. Some of you might have the gift of discernment. And you know, this is to enable Christians to clearly recognize and distinguish between the influence of God the devil, and the world in a given situation. And I think the church desperately needs those people with with the gift to speak up and, like Paul, warn us about being led astray by false teachings. And I think, you know, if you want that gift of discernment, we will have an opportunity at the end. You know, you can ask for that. You can pray for that at the end of the service. So the second way of finding the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, is about looking for the evidence unseen, or you know, we'll call that discernment. The third way is about seeking wise counsel. As Christians, we need to walk with the wise, and we need to be continually growing in and seeking wisdom. And in Proverbs 13.20, it gives us one of the keys to gaining wisdom. Walk with the wise and become wise. Having the right relationships is key to greater wisdom and understanding what is God's truth. So I would just say surround yourself with people who are full of faith, who encourage you, challenge you to be your best, hold you accountable, help develop you and stretch you. And Paul, you know, and Paul in First Corinthians says you need to be careful who you spend your time with. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. So I, I'm, I'm saying select your friends wisely because your choice of friends will impact your life. Because they are the t- folks that you will normally take counsel from. So seek out wise counsel when you're making critical decisions. 
And I think, I was thinking about it earlier on, maybe you've got some critical decisions to make. You know, maybe you want to know what God's truth is in something. And I think, again, there'll be an opportunity at the end of the end of this to come forward and get some prayer. If that's you, if you're facing a really difficult situation, you don't know what's truth, what's right, what's wrong, come forward and we can pray. I can pray into that situation. So, yes. So, yeah, I think it's just about surround yourself with with um, wise people, um, seek counsel, um, but, you know, people with integrity, people who are spiritually mature, people who will talk into your life, because the devil's tactic is to deceive, and maybe you may not see it yourself, but someone else might see it, and they, if, they, if they've got the courage to maybe speak into that situation and tell you where, the, where God's truth is in a particular scenario. So, but, you know, so I think it's just, it's about taking control um, of what you allow to get into your spirit. And um, w- what um, Jill and Brenda were talking about, the Connect group, I mean, I think that's, that fits in here really well. Get yourself into a Connect group, surround yourself with people that are going to encourage you, but they're also going to, you know, make, hold you accountable, be able to speak into those difficult situations. You know, get yourself into a place of intimacy with Jesus. He is the truth, the way, and the life. And I think the more time we spend with him, the more we're able to recognize the truth. And then there's the Holy Spirit, the, the counselor, or the, for me, the, true, the source of true counsel. We need to learn to listen to his voice, follow his direction, and I think through the Holy Spirit, we'll be able to discern God's whole truth. And who doesn't want that? So, for, that's my three points. So, for finding the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, point number one, Scripture. That's our plumb line. That's what we measure, what we're, hear, what we're hearing. We measure it against that. Look for the evidence unseen. I think that's just about delving a bit deeper. Don't just take stuff just because a preacher up here saying it. You need to go away, think about it, challenge it. Just confirm it um, through the process of discernment. And thirdly, seek wise counsel. You know, if you're having difficulty in determining truth in a situation, seek wise counsel, but select. Don't go to somebody that's just going to a yes, give you the answer you you want. You need to choose who you're taking wise counsel from carefully.